What's up, people? Welcome to a brand new episode of Wrestle Update. I am your host, Dylan Fox. As always on the show, I am the constant of the Woo crew here. But today, Nello, he's out. He couldn't join us. I am recording at a very, very special time because I have a very special guest on the show today. Somebody that I've known for years. And more importantly, I could have just grabbed somebody random who was at the show, but instead I grabbed somebody that I, I actually already know. But she was live at the Elimination Chamber that we are talking about today, all the way from the wonderful and amazing country of Australia. She was there, and literally a day later, we were recording this in the morning for me, but at night for her, please welcome from Talking Triple Crown. My good friend, Jesse. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. And that was such a great introduction. I love it. <laughs> An introduction that you deserved, for sure. Um, uh, Jesse has been a fan for years. She's been writing. She's been recording podcasts for a long time now. Um, you know, she's super knowledgeable. She's legit, too. She, like last time when we went to the NXT show, I just wrote my sister on and she... Uh, it was a lot of fun to talk to and a lot of fun to hear. I know a lot of people thought that way, uh, but she's like a very casual fan. Jess is super in-depth here. Um, so you were at the show. Uh, also, we have an unmarkable and unmistakable bond that we share of being dragged to WWE shows by our sisters now that can never <laughs> be changed. We both share that here today. Um, but... Uh, let me start off and, and ask you this. Um, coming in to the show here, the Elimination Chamber, in all, in all honesty and fairness, what were kind of your vibes going in here? You had to go – obviously, this is something, too, we learned a lot on the broadcast version of the show. Uh, there was a ton of <laughs> – I mean, I felt like I – if there was some kind of college course that was dedicated to Australia – I feel like I could pass it now based on all of the ads that they aired for the Elimination Chamber. Uh, would you, I don't know if you saw any of these, they aired them there, but we, so we learned that Western Australia is bigger than all of Europe combined. Uh, so they've told us this. You had to go. You are not from Perth. You had to go there for this, which meant a long trip. Um, what were your vibes going into the show, uh, just going to Perth, and, and how would you describe the surrounding areas and the geography and the geology and all of those geos? Yeah, I had to fly from East Coast Australia to West Coast Australia, so it was a bit of a trip for me. Um, there were a few ads for Western Australia they showed in the venue, but I don't think it was as many as people saw on the broadcast. Um, but Perth being great, it's my first time here. It's very green around Optus Stadium. It's Optus Stadium is actually a very, very nice stadium. Um, I haven't seen that much of Perth. I hope to in the next couple of days. But for a major event for WWE, I think it was a good choice. Yeah, I will say this right away. The stadium was freaking spectacular. Uh, just how it looked. Uh, you know... Again, coming off of the the arena we were at for NXT, I mean this look, it basically could have been a box compared to like the Optus Stadium, which looked like WrestleMania level pretty much. 
Uh, even Mamaw, that was a big talk of this whole show, pretty much. Uh, you know, I watched with my grandparents, Mamaw and Ken. Uh, it was my great grandpa and, and Mamaw's my grandma. But Mamaw was like in awe of the stadium uh, with how great it was. And the setup was so futuristic and stuff for the Elimination Chamber. They definitely brought the technological game very high for Elimination Chamber here in Perth. And as the, the good folks of Perth deserve as well. Uh, but I know that before the show, you did go to the Superstore as well here. And you had some thoughts that you you wanted to share here. And I, and I want to hear them. I don't know what you're going to say, but I want to know what your experience was there. So WWE set up this Superstore. It's just basically a big tent. It was um, open Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So the day we were recording is the last day it was open. I wasn't available to go Thursday because I was traveling to Perth. We went on Friday and it was like 40 degree weather. I don't know what it is in Fahrenheit. Sorry. Okay. So we had to stand in line for about Very 15, hot. 20 minutes <laughs> in the hot sun. There was no shade. There was no clouds in the sky. Um, and once we got in, I thought it would be worth it, but I don't think it was worth it to wait. Basically, you go in and it's just two walls filled with T-shirts. There's like a backdrop on one wall with like wrestlers' faces where they do the meet and greets. And on the other side, they sell on championship belts. And they're the belts worth like $500, $600, like the really, really expensive ones. And the thing is with the merchandise, there wasn't that much variety. You have your like Elimination Chamber shirts, the one with the Rhea Ripley like the photo of her on the poster. You have um, a couple more Rhea Ripley T-shirts. You have a Grayson Waller T-shirt, LA Knight T-shirt. But I thought, this is Elimination Chamber. You got six people. But, like, where's the rest of their T-shirts? Like, I didn't see a Drew McIntyre T-shirt. I saw no T-shirts for the Women's Chamber. Nobody had a T-shirt I saw. They had T-shirts for The Rock, for Stone Cold. They had, like, stupid little uh, corkers and kangaroos, I think it was, with like Elimination what? Chamber t shirts and just like Elimination Chamber bags. I thought there would be so much more merch and I was just expecting something bigger. And then I went back on Saturday, Elimination Chamber Day, because we had to walk past there and there was no one in line. So we just uh, quickly snuck in. Hardly anything left. There was hardly anything left. All the booklets were gone. There were only like three or four um, variety of T-shirts left. All the championship belts were gone. I don't know if they brought it to Optus Stadium to sell there or not, but it was just empty as. What have they done to Perth? They're, they're selling out all of these belts. I've never been like a super big belt fan. Like, uh, it's something that I don't understand, really. But people love them. I will say that. You know, the belts are always something everybody loves. They didn't have the merch. Man, uh, and we were talking about it. We really wish that they had had one of the Kabuki Warriors shirts, at least, <laughs> you could have had there. Uh, the, like I said, I, and when you told me the lineup they brought in for the meet and greet, I was like, these are all geeks that they're bringing in. They're not bringing in the cool people. What What's going on here? This is Elimination Chamber. You got this 50,000-seat stadium or whatever number you made up for it. Uh, you got to, you got to have the cool people for Opta Stadium, and they I think they really let you down on that lineup, at least, and definitely the Superstore. Uh, I will say, because I did forget to mention it. This is something I mentioned as well. I am wearing a Kabuki Warriors T-shirt right now. 
as we can see with Kyrie and Asuka <laughs> right here. Uh, so do representing Kyrie Sane very much on the show. I just want to point that out. The only thing for a long time, the only thing my family knew because they knew that I I wrestled and I worked in wrestling and all that. Their only version of wrestling was like, oh, he's likes that Japanese stuff, and like, oh, Japanese wrestler in WWE, he must love them. Which I mean, to be fair, I, they are awesome. Uh, so I will say that. But they every Christmas, pretty much for like five years straight. Cheyenne or Mamar or somebody would get me a, a different Asuka or Kabuki Warriors t-shirt. So I have pretty much every merch released from up to around like 2022, I think. Uh, I have all, all of the new ones there. So I will point that out. Uh, they should have had that in, uh, you know, if, if Mamar had ran the Superstore, they would have all <laughs> Kabuki Warriors. Uh, it would be 100% better. <laughs> Yes, that would be her main thing. And there would definitely be Drew shirts, because that is uh, Mamaw's favorite is Drew uh, mm. here. Uh, so I will give us all the wonderful notes of not just the show itself, but also uh, Mamaw's thought of it as well. She's an unofficial third host here. My grandmother, of course, uh, she watched the show. She was very hyped for the Chambers, both because the Chamber ultimately coming into the show I'll just tell you my feelings, and maybe you have a different perspective as the live person. I thought this show was really predictable, up and down. Like, every match, pretty much, I already kind of figured who was going to win. And I, even when I was talking to Nello about it yesterday, we were messaging back and forth. He woke me up, and he said, or he didn't wake me up, but when he woke up, he messaged me like, Oh, it's so cool to have a show to wake up to now. It's, it's so radical. Obviously, for Australians, it's like a, a common occurrence uh, because you're always on the American schedule or a different time zone or whatever. But for America, the, this this interesting country that I live in, uh, we there's it was very rare. It's something new. But he comes in, messages me. And, and he waits a couple hours, and I, and I just totally spoiled the men's match for him because uh, I wanted to tell him Mamaw's reaction. He's like, no, dude, I haven't watched it yet. I was like, dude, you woke me up uh, on there. So uh, I was I kind of I, I unintentionally hated on Nello by spoiling the show. But the fact of the matter is what my whole point that I'm rambling on about now. I thought that the matches were really predictable, but the chamber is such a spectacle that we were probably going to get some cool shit here and there. Uh, pardon my language here. There's no rules on Wrestle Update. I just totally make them up as I go along and then break those rules as I also go along. Um, but I thought the spectacle was there. Mamaw was hyped for it. What was really your vibe going into the show? So you went to this lame-ass superstore. They they had it. <laughs> Everything's gone by the time you go there. It looked like it was about a million degrees in, in this stadium coming in. Uh, that was another point we had talked about that constantly got brought up on the show watching is how hot everyone was wrestling in the ring. Uh, what was your vibes coming in? Were you like, damn, I got to get out of here. Like, I can't wait for this to end. Or were you like, okay, this is cool. And like you said, the stadium's nice. The fans are here. It's a vibe. Let's have some fun on the show. Were you kind of into it or were you kind of like, man, why am I here? <laughs> Before I give you my thoughts, I just want to go back to the t-shirts for a bit. I need you yes. to know I'm wearing my next string t-shirt. <laughs> yes. Mm. Love it. After I might represent my boys, you man Kento. They wrestle today at the belt. So <laughs> Yes, just in case anybody anybody's not familiar, uh, we are big fans and Jesse covers all Japan on her Twitter, her show, everything. Um 
next stream is like the top babyface stable. Well, they're not even babyfaces half the time. They're just they're not even know. a team anymore, really. Yeah, they, yeah, they're not even really together anymore. They're it's like yeah. kind of the two main guys are still kind of together, and they're not even really next stream. But uh, they're they're awesome. Next stream is legit. So I love the all Japan representation. I love the Yuma <laughs> representation. The full era has entered Wrestle Update, which it never ended. As soon as I started it, it was the full era. But still, uh, every every show that I am on, the full era will never end. But yes, I, I appreciate that very much. Thank you, Jesse. <laughs> So going to this show, basically my only objective I wanted to um, complete or have was to have my sister have a good time. This was for her. This was her big birthday present, basically. She hit a milestone birthday. We're like, we have to do something big for her. We flew her to birth. She's going to see this show. So I just wanted her to have a good time. But going into it, I thought it was so predictable. Who was going to win? I'm like, this is so obvious. But it's still exciting. It's still like, okay, I'm going to see these people. Maybe they'll do an upset or maybe they'll bring in someone special for this. So there was still a bit of excitement in the air. And um, I did get to meet two cousins I'd never met before just outside of the stadium. And their, yeah. um, their happiness and, like, excitement kind of rubbed off on me. Like, they were so excited. This was their first wrestling show. And for me, this was, like, my fifth one of the year. So I'm just like, <laughs> okay, this is another one. But, you know, getting closer to the time of start, getting closer to the stadium, um, you know, walking up the stairs, getting to the seats, it got, you know, more exciting. My sister was just so excited for this. You know, I tried not to spoil it. be like, oh, bro, it's just so predictable. <laughs> you know, we all know who's going to win. Um, I didn't do it, you know, because I'm a nice and stuff. But, um, yeah, my excitement went from, you know, very, very low to very, very high. That's another thing I, I we should mention as well. I told you guys at the start she's legit, and I meant it. <laughs> she traveled to Japan at the start of the year and was at a bunch <laughs> of wrestling shows uh, uh, there as well. Um, but I love it. I love that our stories are so similar. Like that, our, our sisters dragged us. One, and for you, it was your your idea. For me, I got roped into it uh, because of my own birthday, um, and because my family hates me, they thought NXT was a good present to have. But thankfully, you have a loving family. You wanted to do something cool. Everybody was excited. You met your cousins. That that's a really incredible story, to be honest with you. Uh, so that's really cool that you met people that you never met before in your own family. Um, and like I said, in my family, they would have tried to attack me on site probably. So you're, you got a much better experience, thankfully, uh, there in Perth meeting everybody. But to be fair though, uh, this is another note that, that I noted right away. This show, when you look at it on cage match here is not listed as in Perth. This was the secret, uh, thing here. They, it is listed well, and it may also be a kind of subcategory of Perth. I don't know the way Australia works in terms of their <laughs> systems, but it claims it is from Burswood. Is there any difference between Burswood and Perth? I have no idea. You're asking someone who's been to Perth for the first time. I have no <laughs> idea. No one understands Australia when it comes to geography. It's it's impossible. Hey, to know. I know the East Coast. I don't know the West Coast. That's uh, that's good. It's it's well, America is kind of a similar thing. There's all kinds of stuff where 
if you're from one side, the other side might be a little crazy. Uh, nobody knows. You don't know how many times I've gotten like from where I'm from to all the Americans out there will probably either like can't believe what I'm about to tell them or they know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, I You wouldn't believe how many times I've gotten like, oh, you're from Tennessee. You live in the hills or whatever. And it's like it's not that's the eastern side of Tennessee. It's not the western side where I'm at. It's totally urban. It's totally different than what you're thinking. So I do understand. Burrswood, uh, are w- would WWE lie to us? Of course they would. Yes. So, so, <laughs> so of course they did it once again here with the Perth and the Burrswood and everything else. Uh, so we come in, uh, like you said, very predictable show, but the vibes were immaculate. You've got the family there. You're doing good. With me, same deal. I've got uh, Mamma here, and her excitement will get me through uh, whatever. But they did have this, like, crazy, um, like, pre-show deal that we had to skip for. That's one thing with Peacock is, like, you have to skip for the pre-show, which goes on forever. And just these, like, Peter Rosenberg? I don't want to hear that goofball talk about wrestling, let alone hip-hop. But we skipped through all that. We get to the show. Opta Stadium, again, like, looks honestly super incredible. It's like the one of the nicest stadiums ever. Uh, and they were talking about all this cool stuff that Australia has, like uh, AFL, rugby, and, and all the stuff that's been here before. They were Somebody brought up, like, this Ed Sheeran concert that was there that did a million fans or something. Uh, they were talking about everything. They really wanted to – that's how you know that you made it and they want to make you see big. If they bring up Ed Sheeran – you know that you're legit as a city, uh, pretty much. So you've got the Ed Sheeran stamp of approval here. Um, you come in, and again, this show starts off, and I really like this part, too. I will say this. This is really cool. They started the show off in the daytime, like the the early going. And basically, after the women's chamber, they've got basically the sunset coming in, which Naomi was sitting somewhere just like pissed. Like, why didn't we go on later when the night was going on? That my whole gimmick is the glow in the dark thing. And you put me in the daytime. But the show started off with uh, my personal representatives based on the shirt, the Kabuki Warriors. They defended the women's tag team championships, the very prestigious women's tag team titles. They defended them against Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell here. And during this match, Mamba is a big fan. Obviously, uh, she's a big fan of the, the Kabuki Warriors and and respects them and all of that. But she's also a big fan of, of the way, as, as they used to be known. They did the way pose here. They came out to the music. Indy got a huge pop here from the crowd. It's like, okay, this is smart. We've got an Australian on the show. You'd think there would be more of them on there, but instead they're just like, nope, we've got one for the start and one at the end and one kind of in the middle. Uh, but no, Indy got a huge reaction here. Uh, Mamma still thinks Indy's married to Dexter Loomis for real, and I keep telling her that that's, that's a storyline, but whatever. I just it's let horrible. her believe it. I just let her believe it uh, <laughs> on there. Uh, Dexter is like, he wrestled in uh, their hometown of Clarksville uh, for Crimson's promotion for a long time when he was still just Sam Shaw. So she, she's a big fan of Indy just by this storyline. And but I, I'll let her believe it's real. Like I said, uh, C- Candice obviously married to Gargano for real. But uh, those those guys were off uh, the show. Instead, they come in. Indy gets a huge pop here. This crowd, <laughs> I felt bad for Candice kind of because whenever she was in the re- ring, the crowd was chanting like, "We want Indy." Uh, they were not here for anyone else. 
the Warriors totally played heel here, uh, taunting the fans here, giving thumbs down to all the boos and all that. But pretty decent little opener here, to be honest with you. It's nothing to, to rock that, you know, that electrified your match of the year list or anything like that. But I did like it. It was very well done for what it was. Indy got a big spotlight, uh, showcased her power. The Warriors are always class wrestlers. Uh, I like that they've worked hard on the second run since Kyrie's come back. They've tried to do a lot of double team stuff. They've added like different moves and stuff to work on. Uh, Asuka does. I will shout her out too. If you go on her YouTube page, she visited Japan and at the, the owner of the bar that she went to ended up crying when she met her. Uh, so she met her own biggest fan. It was pretty adorable to be honest with you. Uh, but the match is good stuff here. And you got to see uh, the hometown hero start us off with Indy Hartwell. Uh, unfortunately, no loss, but she did get the standing ovation at the end. I thought this was a good way to open the show. Like, get someone out, everyone's going to cheer for. Of course, you know, Indy, not from Perth. I think she's built from Melbourne, but she's Australian. So, of course, everyone's going to cheer for her. Everyone booed the Kabuki Warriors and just like, you know, like, ugh. okay, you can boo them just for this match. Like, my sister was going crazy for Asuka, probably the only person cheering for Asuka. <laughs> yes. I thought this was just a fun little match. It was the title was never going to change hands, really. It was just nice to get in you on the show, get another Australian on the show, and I'm I'm really happy she got this opportunity. It felt like a big deal. Like she at least made it feel like a big deal, and she's a, a wonderful actor. That's one of her strengths as well, a wrestling actor anyway. Uh, she comes in here. Uh, it made it feel like this big deal. And the, the stage they had too. I thought it was this cool stage they had set up as well. That's not the traditional just blank screen that they always have, which is like the most boring <laughs> entrance that you could ever have. Here they actually try to switch it up a little bit with the dual sides to it, the long ramp. Everybody knows long ramps have supremacy in this household because it's just it just makes it look more epic to walk down this long ass ramp to the ring uh and i thought it made it look you know the stage was great the fans were coming in uh it was good one thing that you were blessed by being in attendance this made me want to be there with you um you did not have to hear Corey Graves on commentary, which everyone was annoyed by. <laughs> by the end of this show, uh, you know, it was like in Fallout. Everyone disliked that. That's how Corey Graves was <laughs> yeah. at, at, at the end of this, <laughs> pretty much. Um, but yeah, props to your sister for cheering for Asuka, as she should, as we all should in a perfect world. But she is not Australian, so she gets no bonuses here, unfortunately. I actually really wished. And it came out that Bronston Reed was supposed to be on the show in a major match, but he people got injured, like Seth got hurt, then his wife had his child early, so a lot conspired against him being on the show, uh, hopefully one day. And they did. This was, by the way, this was like an, uh, a, some kind of government deal from Australia. Uh, I have no clue about whatever I know about Australian geography. I know much more of than the Australian government at this point. Uh, so they paid for the show. Pretty, pretty much. Uh, and it's one of those things where they'll do other stuff in the future. There'll be other Australian shows in the future. Uh, so it they'll have the chance for Bronson Reed. And uh, I, I just wish they put somebody in the chambers. I actually think that was one of the big flaws of the chambers is that they were so predictable almost that there wasn't really – they weren't able to build drama. And I think having a hometown hero in the chamber matches, like if they put Indian 
the women's match, I think that would have improved the heat of the match. Although they did, they did have an unofficial Australia that they rallied behind, which I'm about to get to in a second here. So the show started off. Uh, they have a big video hyping up the chamber, being this deadly <laughs> deal, like nobody enters the chamber and lives the same life afterwards type of deal, uh, that, which they do for pretty much any gimmick match in WWE. It's like no matter what it is, it's a life-changing experience to anyone who wrestles in it. You will never be the same, even though there's been like 20 Elimination Chambers, <laughs> and we've all gotten through them somehow. But uh, regardless, they give this big epic video, and they start off the women's match, and you come out. Uh, the first person to come out was Bianca, and Bianca Belair comes out. That was Mamaw's sentimental favorite here because Bianca is, of course, from Tennessee. So she's got the reverse Australian card that we play here uh, for Bianca Belair. Uh, Ken was rooting for Becky to win uh, coming in there. Uh, very one-sided room here. Uh, and it was came down, It was Bianca Belair, Raquel Rodriguez, who just came back from injury Monday, Liv Morgan, who also just came back like a month ago from injury, so half the people weren't even here a month ago. Naomi also returned from TNA uh, there. Uh, not injured, maybe, you know, coming in there. Maybe TNA has some mental injuries right now with people they're firing going on. But Naomi's fine. She's here. Tiffany Stratton, again, also not here a month ago uh, on the main roster, was in NXT. All new people practically in this match. And, of course, Becky, who came out with this wild red outfit she had lava coming off her arms she she let us know this is a hot ass place that we're in right now this is so hot i've got lava on my gear right now people uh and uh so the chamber started off with naomi and becky coming in uh they did some decent stuff here it was it it was kind of unimpressive but then number three came in tiffany stratton who the crowd loves. <laughs> I don't know why. It was so over. Like the whole stadium was cheering yeah. for her. I don't Were know you... what happened yet. <laughs> Did she do something on SmackDown that just everyone loved? I don't know. I didn't watch it. You weren't the only one who didn't watch. I think many people didn't, so it's okay. <laughs> um, but no, she didn't do anything, <laughs> to be honest with you. Her whole run has been like, hey, we. Because they do the deal where they've got uh, Nick Aldis or whatever as the GM. And every once in a while, he shows up on SmackDown and is like, hey, we signed this new guy from NXT. And, oh, it's Tiffany Stratton. Oh, it's Braun Breaker. Oh, I'm negotiating. It's like, why are you showing this on TV? Nobody cares about these contracts. <laughs> but whatever. Uh, e even in AEW, the contracts always get memed and stuff whenever anybody has them. So that's something American wrestling really loves is showing contract negotiations. Uh, which is what every, it's what it's all about when you think about it as a true fan of wrestling. But no, she literally just showed up and was like, hey, we signed Tiffany Stratton. And then she had like three matches and now here she is. But in Australia, she was a main event level player here because for whatever reason, she, people were going crazy. Were you and your sister? Who who were who was your sister rooting for in this match? I don't know if you had a favorite, but I don't think it was Tiffany. I hope you're talking. <laughs> I think my sister was going for Becky. Ah. She kind of changed like during the match, like from Liv to Naomi to Bianca to Becky. So <laughs> if someone got eliminated that she was going for, she picked a new one. <laughs> so in the end, I think she was going for Becky because Becky was, you know, she won. <laughs> 
That is a smart fan right there. They're a true smart fan. It's like the old school. In the video games, it used to be like that. If you played a multi-person match and you got eliminated, like in the Royal Rumble, you could just pick somebody new and like automatically just keep playing uh, pretty much here. So your sister follows that strategy to great success. It's her favorite. Ended up winning at the end. But the crowd loved Tiff here, and, and she got a lot of big spots. They kind of built the match around her in a lot of ways, too. Uh, she had a lot of the big moments and things like that. Uh, they were coming in there doing stuff. Uh, Liv came in next. Uh, she, they had tried to give her like a little bit of a build in the hype video. Like, Hey, her and Ripley were once tag team champions together. It was so memorable that nobody remembers it, but Hey, uh, you know, they came out together at WrestleMania once and, so she, they tried to make her kind of like a dark horse favorite because everyone figured Becky would win, I think. So they were like, oh, Liv, she has a story. Maybe they could go with her. But uh, she comes in, does her thing. They kept mentioning over and over. This is a, another thing that I hated about the commentary. They were like, oh, Liv has renamed it the Elimination Chamber now. It's like, <laughs> OK, it, like we don't have to say this five times, guys. It wasn't that great. I'm, so, I'm sorry, Liv Morgan, on this. Um Naomi got eliminated uh, by Stratton, and the way they did it was like uh, Naomi climbed to the top of a pod, flew off to hit a sunset bomb on Morgan, which did look good, to be fair. So she hit her own move, uh, the sunset bomb, but then Stratton was there to pin Naomi, who had delivered the move. So there was no real logic to this elimination, but it's fine. Naomi's gone. Somebody had to take the fall. Uh, Naomi was the one that was there. Uh, Memo was disappointed that they didn't have the, the... the darkness for the entrance, like the nighttime because of all of her light up stuff. She loves the light up shoes and all that memo is a huge mark for the, the light up shoes here. I can see. So the nineties are back uh, here in this household. Um, Raquel comes in next. Uh, she was another person. They kind of built this match around a lot in terms of like, she was doing a lot of the power spots. She was uh, tasked with catching a lot of like the smaller wrestlers attempts to go after her. So she was kind of a focus of the match, kind of, which was an interesting choice here. They go in, they do a spot where, like, everybody hits their finisher on her, and they all three pin her. She busts out a typical monster type of spots here. Uh, Raquel's whole character is, like, she smiles a lot. <laughs> That's everything she has to her character. She was walking out smiling. At the start, she kind of did a deal, deal where, like, Bianca and her were the first two to walk out. And Raquel was like, oh, I see you, girl. I can't wait for us to meet up. And she was kind of trash talking Bianca like the two powerhouses. So, of course, Bianca comes in. They have a stare down spot there. A very, very traditional chamber (laughs) math here. Oh, the two power people. They're coming at it. But they did a spot where they came in. Liv hit this insane move where they draped Raquel uh, over the turnbuckles like horizontally uh, on her back. Oh, yeah, that looked nasty. Yeah, and Liv, like, was on top of the pod and just dropped straight down, like, with a a senton, but it was more like straight butt bump type of deal here. Uh, And it was, like, right on her her stomach. It looked very painful, this move. Uh, I thought that was going to be an elimination, but no. Uh, We had Tiffany do the swanton off the top of the pod onto everybody on the outside. But in the end, they did a deal where Stratton was on the top rope. Morgan ran up the ropes to hit the, the Oblivion to knock her out. And by then they kind of went at it for a little while. Uh, Raquel stood the best, stood the stood up the best she could, but she got hit. She hit a double like 
powerbomb choke slam to Liv and Becky. But then, of course, Bianca came up right behind her to hit the kiss of death to eliminate her. And this ending, I thought is why this match didn't really work for me overall, because it's like, so we did this long match and then it immediately comes in where they do a deal. She looks for the KOD on Becky, but Becky counters. Liv comes up from behind, hits a roll up uh, to pin her. And then immediately Becky turns Liv around and hits the, the rock bottom to pin her there. So it's like eliminations back and forth. There was no drama built. Both of the chamber matches, they totally failed, in my opinion, to capture the the big point of this match, in my opinion, which was the final two. And they there was none of that. This lasted like three seconds, literally, here. But overall, they I would say of the two matches, these the women did more stuff. Like there were more moves in this match, at least, and more excitement surrounding that. But I didn't really like the finish and how it played out. It was like so fast that... It was like, okay, we know Becky's going to win, so let's not drag this out. <laughs> Pretty much was how it felt like to me. I kind of like the finish because I'm just like, oh, now I've got to go like another five, ten minutes with these two. Like, just get it done already. Yeah. So, like, when Becky pinned her straight away, I was like, oh, good. But I thought the women's uh, elimination chamber was better than the men's. Yeah. I thought they used the cage better. Like, way better. Like, I can't really remember yeah. anything besides from one thing that the men's did. Um, Tiffany, just so over with the crowd. I thought whoever is going to pin her is just going to get booed for the rest of the match. And it was Liv who pinned her. And I liked yeah. Liv's kind of like, oh, go cry about it. Yeah. Face she made when she pinned her. I thought that was great. Um, but Raquel looked good, but I just think she needs something more. It's just yeah. like smile and show my back. Like that's what I do. And I love that the um when they come in, they have like their name on the screen and it's just like a photo or like a mm. graphic of something. Like sometimes it's just them. And Raquel came in, it was just her name on the screen. Then it cut to showing her flex her back. And then yes. it went back to just her name on the screen. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> like everyone in the crowd got to see that. She just needs something more. She's cool, but she just needs something more. I thought maybe she would bust something down this cage. She didn't really do it. It was just, uh. And with Becky, I wish they didn't do the press conference in Vegas where she came out to confront Ray Ripley. Yeah. Because it's just like, okay, well, Becky's winning now. Like, you literally spoiled the Elimination Chamber. Like, what was the point of that? We know it's going to be Becky and Rhea at WrestleMania. Why did you do this? So Becky winning, it was no surprise. Like, basically everyone in the arena knew. And that's the thing with this match. It's like it was so obvious. They did. I guess you're right, though, to be honest. If they had tried to do a dramatic deal at the end, it would have fallen flat because everybody knew Becky was going to win anyway, probably. But I did think they could have played up Liv because she did pin Tiffany and she did play into the heel stuff. Uh, there, I think you could have gotten a little bit more, but you're mostly right. And especially after the press conference, that was totally stupid, <laughs> to be honest with you, to have Becky do that there. It feels like for this WrestleMania, they are really big on announcing matches before they happen and try to make us think they're not going to happen. But nobody buys it in each case here. So uh, they were talking about it the whole time, too. They were like, oh. You know, really every match on the show suffered from that a little bit where you had it here. But I will say this, uh, the inmates on Cage Match, our friends on, on CageMatch.net, uh, always immaculate in their ratings. 
they gave this match a 7.58 rating, which was tied for the highest. They gave both this and the next match the same rating here. So they also liked the women's match better than the men's match. So after that, we got to learn a lot. And again, I don't, I don't think they played this live, or maybe, maybe they played some of it live. We got to learn a lot about Perth. They showed us all of these rocks that you could climb in Perth. <laughs> That's just, I mean, they were so like gray. They were so blocky. I mean, it was unbelievable how how many rocks there were in Perth. So thank you to Perth for that video, wonderful video package. Uh, there they wanted to shout out how great Perth is by climbing things. And I think you knew. So how annoying is it when people say stuff like stereotype Australians? Like, because you knew on these videos we were getting some koalas that were coming. Uh, and, yeah. and, and, they, and they were there. WWE and whoever. WWE probably didn't even put this video together. It was probably the tourism board or whatever. They're like, hey, we got koalas too. You know them. And uh, But we also have these rocks that you can climb. So thank you to, to WWE for that. Or the, whoever. I feel like whenever they go to Australia, there's always superstars or wrestlers um, like holding koalas. Even Kevin Owens walked into yeah. the arena with a bloody koala. That's true. Uh, and that's another thing they've started lately they really love is like, hey, so-and-so's walking to the building. <laughs> like, And they did it with like 20 different people. <laughs> and yes, when KO walked in, he had a koala in there. And I was just like, come on, man. <laughs> like, are we really going down this koala route, people? Uh, but they put it in the video anyway, so he may have been, but he he might have been bought off by the tourism board. They said, <laughs> they said, damn it, one of you are coming with a koala. I don't know who, but you need to it's find someone. Contract. Right at the end. Yes, that was in the fine print. They didn't notice that <laughs> when they signed when they signed the deal <laughs> here. Um, but they came in. A bunch of Australia videos happened, and the next match was the tag team titles, the men's tag team titles, uh, the Judgment Day. The spooky team of Damian Priest and Finn Balor, they took on <laughs> the new catch republic of Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate. And anyone who's followed me over the years knows that I have a longstanding rivalry and grudge with Brit Rez just as a whole, <laughs> pretty much. And it started with this era of the Dunne and the Bates before they got to WWE. Uh, and so to see them now, even though Dunne is like a, a good worker, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm not down on him too much, but to see the new Catch Republic come in, what were they thinking with this name? This was the worst stuff that you could imagine for a name. I mean, this does, and on top of it, they had that when, and again, All Japan represent right now, when Charlie Dempsey was here uh, at All Japan earlier this year, they mentioned him as the Catch Republic guy too. So we've got two Catch-based groups in WWE now, one of which, and I would not describe either of these two as catch wrestlers, but whatever, it's it's fine. They're British, so they automatically are, uh, have that style to them. Yeah, yeah, it's a stereotype for the British wrestlers. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, yeah, exactly. Like, oh, they're British, they're catch guys, whatever, it's fine. <laughs> you know, so they came in here, and I want to know about this. This is the live reaction we, we need to hear about. Dominic comes out <laughs> and, and grabs the mic here. So, from your vantage point here, this is this is an inside scoop, wrestle update, original. Now, Jesse is giving us the secret truth here. 
Did it seem like these were fake heat? Was it fake heat or was it real heat for Dominic here in Australia? I don't want to call it like fake or real. I think it's just fun to boo him. So I guess you could say real heat, but also fun heat. Because like the whole arena was booing him. My sister was going crazy booing him. Yes. I think it's just fun to boo him now. I I agree with that. Obviously, I can totally see the appeal of booing Dominic. Uh, but like I said, I'm glad to know that it was real. At least they didn't pipe it in. This isn't some video effects they're putting in. No, no this is piping the, in this time. It was the real deal. It was, yeah, I like to see it. So he got super heat. It totally came through on the broadcast here. Uh, everyone hated him, so they immediately deck like Dunn and Bate both attack Dominic and start to get like the easiest babyface pop you could have here. Yeah. <laughs> so th- th- thankfully they did that there. Uh, they come in uh, and they have this match here. They gave the the Catch Republic. They gave them a lot of moves. Again, they did all of their big moves. Uh, they did a lot of double team stuff, which was really good. Uh, Dunn got Finn in and like. But he did the finger snap deal that he does. They showed afterwards, like his thumb was all bloodied and stuff, and he was holding oh, his head. Yeah, I see that. yeah, yeah. They showed it on the broadcast where Finn's thumb had actually been bloodied and, and probably broken as well. He was holding it the whole time. Uh, so they went stiff on some stuff. They did the uh, double team burning hammer here, which they have named the Birmingham here after Birmingham. <laughs> England. And they even mentioned they they were like, yes, shade, these two shades of Kobashi. Corey Graves was going in there like they love him. He's their idol. <laughs> and uh, they're like, now it's the Birmingham based on England <laughs> and all of this. Um, that's what, I will say this, too, though. Like they mentioned whenever the Australians came out, they were big on mentioning their backgrounds. They were like, ah, oh, Indy, she trained at MCW in Melbourne uh, on this. And so they they want to call out all of these random things in their matches now on commentary, which is very funny uh, when they were talking about the Birmingham here. But, of course, Priest kicked out. They came in. They did their deal. Dominic got thrown out again. One of the easiest pops in wrestling, the referee throwing (laughs) somebody out of the arena uh, there. And he didn't even really leave that much. He kind of like hung around after he got thrown out uh, there. So incompetent refereeing from WWE here. But it ended up a clean match at the end. They came in, hit the, they got him on, they got Priest on the top rope, but Finn held on so they couldn't do the suplex on him. He hit a double choke slam on both uh, Bate and Dunn. And in the end, Balor ran across the ring to hit the coup de gras on Pete Dunn. They retained the titles. Um, like, in terms of a match, this was like the, a normal match on the show. Everything else was like a, spe- a spectacle type of deal. I thought it went a little long, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, I don't think they had as much in the tank for this t- almost 18-minute match here. Uh, the crowd was into it somewhat. Another situation where I think of all the matches, if you were to sell me on a surprise happening, I could have bought a title change because they this is a new team. They've reformed uh, their strong-style team from before, and you want to do this here. But... It didn't end up that way. They just went with Judgment Day, which made sense. It was a, a decent match, but nothing special, I would say. I kind of feel the opposite. I really like this match. Okay. I do want to say um, 
before it started, when they were walking out, like a rainbow appeared over the arena. And like everyone in my section is like, oh my God, look at the rainbow. That's awesome. So it came out for this match. But um, I had low expectations going in because I'm just like, this is a normal match. Like, yeah. who cares about this? But I think they they really worked hard and they pulled out something great. The crowd was very anti-Dom and like focused on him for the first half of this match. And I'm like, okay, is this just going to be the whole match where they're just going to, like, chance stuff at Dom. Apparently, the front row all had their middle fingers up at Dom and they had to darken <laughs> the arena so they didn't see that. I thought that was hilarious. But this match really got going after they kicked Dom out, in quotation marks. Yeah. And the little kids behind me, they were uh, Damien Priest fans, and whenever he was getting beaten up, they're like, Damien, no, please kick out. Like, Damien, you can't lose. It was so adorable. Uh, my sister was beside me going for Finn because I was going for the new Catch Republic and their terrible name. <laughs> um, so she was very happy when they won. She kind of teased me a bit, punched me in the arm, like, ha-ha. Mm. But, yeah, I thought this was, like, kind of unexpected, fun tag match. I think they really had to show something compared to the other matches um, on the card, and they did. That's a good point. And again, the inmates agree with you. They gave this the same rating as the women's chamber, 7.58. So this tied for the match of the night here. Um, it was it was good. Like there was nothing wrong with it at all. I, like it was a good match. Uh, very solid. Uh, I just think that uh, if they had done a little bit uh, more in terms of getting that one big near fall for Dunn and Bate, I don't think they were able to get that here. But I do like that your sister... Uh, got the win here for you over here. So you, <laughs> you, you were going for the catch Republic here. You, you didn't have any time for this judgment day stuff here. They've, I was just going for catch Republic because um, my sister's a fan of Adam Cole and do you remember in NXT oh. when Pete Dunn threw a shoe at Adam Cole and it yes. hit him? Like I always remind her of that. And she, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I like it. I like that you bring that up. Hey, remember what Dunn threw the shoe, a shoe at Cole. That was, that was great. <laughs> So we have this is another thing we are revealing uh, the Jesse edict that is now a part of Wrestle Update. Oh no! Moment, which <laughs> I'm exposing it, myself. Which means no bad mouthing of Pretty Deadly on this show. Uh, no, that is the, you cannot. That is the one heat that we have with each other. Jesse did not approve of me saying Pretty Deadly are terrible, so I, I have to rein that in. Uh, I think we may have a new edict uh, to pro throw shoes at Adam Cole. Now we have yes. to support that on here, uh, but I, I, I love it. <laughs> I, I love that so much. Uh, but yeah, good match, like very solid. It didn't move me too much, but it was, it was good in all honesty. I, I did think it was a little long in terms of the stuff they were doing, but I, they, they put a lot in there. They gave catch Republic a little bit of moves. Uh, we'll see. But from there, not only did we have more talk about Australia here, which is a wonderful country. I love Australia. I wish I, I wish I was in Australia right now. I don't want to be here. What makes you think that? But we got more videos on Australia. And then we got something far worse. I, I wanted I wanted them to go back to the rocks because instead of rock climbing, we've got Austin Theory in the ring. Average Austin shows up with his bland mic skills that he showed here and of course much like the koalas in the hype videos we knew that something like this was coming and he went even lower than i thought because he <laughs> took a shot 
at Outback Steakhouse. Do, nobody cares. No one eats it here. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, is that even a thing in Australia? <laughs> I think there's some here, but like, I don't know anybody who's gone to that restaurant. <laughs> we have we have one of those here in in town. They have commercials. They're a place. They're known in America. They're not like an unknown place. But I was thinking, like, there's no way this is any kind of insult to any Australian bringing up the Outback Steakhouse here. So he comes in. He also mentioned that he hates Vegemite now. He said, I tried it for the first time and it sucked. What are your thoughts on this as an Australian? The thing that annoys me when people try Vegemite is I'll take a spoon of it. And eat it that way, like it's Nutella or something, and you can't do that. Ooh. Like, I, I even I can't do that. I hate it. It's disgusting if you take a spoon. My favorite is toast and like a thin layer of Vegemite. And as you get more used to it, you add more and more. And then I have like toast, Vegemite, and cheese. I think that's great. You got to find which way works for you with Vegemite, and it's not a spoon. And if you don't like it, you don't like it. That's fair. Okay, so you were not, you did not take this as any kind of heel promo at this I'm just point. Just like whatever. This is another <laughs> foreigner who's saying they hate Vegemite. Okay, so add it to the list of the rest. Okay, the first time I had heard of Ve- Vegemite was like, uh, maybe God, ten, twelve years ago, whatever. Uh, somebody, the first person I knew from Australia, uh, she had told me about this Vegemite and basically compared it to Nutella, just like you did, which it feels like mm-hmm. a very common occurrence here. And you are fighting back against that stereotype. You said no, Vegemite is not like Nutella at all. No you cannot way. Okay. I like you setting rec- the record straight right now. So thank you for that, Jesse. You've just you've done a service to the world right now for this. Uh, so Theory cuts his lame uh, basic heel promo here. And then suddenly he's just like, well, anyway, <laughs> and it was funny because he I felt like he felt like in his mind. This was this heat segment like, oh, I've got him now out back <laughs> steakhouse. And when he did it, it's like the reaction wasn't that big. So he's just like. Well, anyway, here comes Grayson. <laughs> like, <laughs> I thought that was, yeah, I thought the same thing. That was really weird, yeah. He just went from, you know, trying to get heat to welcoming Grayson Waller. It's just so weird. Yeah, like I said, I think if he had gotten a big heel reaction, he could have played into it more, but just like, all right, abort mission. Like, I, <laughs> enough of this. <laughs> like, let's just bring in Grayson. Uh, so he comes out in an Australian jersey. <laughs> like, he literally said Australia on it here. Uh, so he comes out. He's hyped up and he's like, yeah, like he literally says to the camera, like, I love Australia (laughs) here. So he's hyped up. He's going in. He goes up to uh, this guy who I had no clue who it was at first, but they list him as a UFC fighter. Uh, Tua Tuivoso here. And this had to be a a branding (laughs) initiative from TKO. It was like, we've got to get a, an Australian fighter on this show somehow. Uh, and so they brought in Tua here. They they bring out the shoes. They do the shoey, which is completely unhygienic, in my opinion. You're drinking out of a shoe, Grayson? Who does this? You've never done that, right? I'm not the lame one here. Oh, me. See, there you go. No, the- I've never done it. Um, I worked at a venue like a function venue where I found uh, shoes at the end of the night that are soaked because someone did a shoey. I found that I found shoes more times than I would have liked to. 
Wow. Personal memories getting unlocked here on Wrestle Update, which I, I appreciate you bringing to the table. Um, would you have done a shoey if Grayson had walked up to you and offered you a shoe? <laughs> Are they brand new shoes? <laughs> well, we don't know. They, they look pretty fly, though. They were like gold shoes. I don't know what they were. I couldn't see. I didn't see exactly what they were, but they were gold at least. So they look. They would give him old shoes to do shoeys with. So. I don't know. Um, probably not. <laughs> Good. That's unhygienic. I'm telling you. I'm not the lame one. I'm the hygienic one. So sorry, Grayson. <laughs> so he comes in the ring. He's all like, "Yeah." He does the whole Aussie, 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 oi, oi, oi deal. Like totally again. <laughs> like the easiest pop. Like the did you did you do this? Admit it. Admit it if you did. I'll admit it, and probably some Australians will hate me for this, but I cannot stand that chance. Yes. I hate it down to my core. I like I wanted to like cover my ears. I was cringing. I cannot stand it. Well, you were one of the few because uh, did your sister do it? No. Got to look at that family affair. Would would not buy into this Aussie 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 propaganda from Gracie Wallace pro- uh, propagating right now. But the whole crowd did it pretty much. Besides you guys, like everybody did it, of course. Then <laughs> uh, he's all like, "Yeah, I'm here in Australia, guys. Look at my uh, ferns here. I have." And he goes, "Well, time to get to the biggest story in the whole world." Which I don't know if that's true or not, but he's like, let's talk about Seth Rollins. He comes out. Did you do the sing along with Seth's song here? No, I'm more of like a clapper at events. I'm not yeah. really a vocal person, but my sister did. Okay, okay. She, he got your sister at least. Seth did with the yes. the woes <laughs> here. So uh, somewhere Scott Edwards is, is happy hearing this news uh, coming in there, but. So they come in, and then Cody comes out, and they also sing his song. Did you? Did did, did they get you a Cody song? I did the whoa bit. I didn't yes. sing it, though. Okay, good. <laughs> good. You, they finally got you. It took Cody. Cody's <laughs> the only one that could get you there. That and shouting um, Kohei in All Japan. That's all I've done. Everything else I clapped to. <laughs> Okay, okay, I, I like it. You know, you have your priorities straight though yes. in both Cody and Kohei Wada, the, the two biggest stars, really, when you think about the companies. <laughs> at the end of the day, uh, if only Kohei Wada had the uh, like uh, how this would have been very funny if they did it for a referee. But if only he had his Cody's pyro display here, <laughs> they had here, which. I think they invested whatever money the Australian government paid WWE. They seem to put it into Cody Rhodes's fireworks here because they blew up everything on the stage. They zoomed out to the whole. I don't know how they did this, if this was AI or, or something, but they shot fireworks over the bridge in, in Perth here for him. I, it was like a zillion fireworks going off here and. The whole time, this is when Mamaw got really annoyed, and I have to bring up her thoughts on this, because, so he walks into the ring, the crowd's going nuts, they did the woes like five times, because they had to walk through the, the entrance, he was signing autographs uh, when he was walking down the ramp, so he comes in, Grayson's standing there, you know, normal, hanging out, and then they cut to Theory, and he, and Mamaw turns uh, turns to me, because I was sitting up to the side of her, and they were on the bed, and I was sitting away from them. And so she turns to me, and she goes, look at this jackass counting his abs here. 
because Austin Theory was like counting his abs and just looking at himself while Cody was doing his entrance. And I laughed a little bit when, when that happened. Um, so Cody comes in here and he's like, what do you want to talk about? As he always does. <laughs> we, we knew that was coming. And then Waller's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Before we do that, can we take a second to acknowledge the tribal chief? <laughs> and Boo's there from the crowd. After all this babyface Australia stuff, he goes back to the, the Roman Reigns stuff here. And <laughs> then he goes in. This is funny because they had actually done an angle they showed where they set up Roman called Grayson Waller into his lair or whatever and was like, hey, Grayson, I got something for you to do. Whatever he did, he didn't do it. So he's betrayed the tribal chief by siding with Seth and Cody at the end, apparently. So he comes in. He's like, hey, Seth, uh, you know, we got this chamber match coming up. Who do you want to win? And Seth's like, yeah, that's cool and all, but I got a scoop for you. He doesn't answer Grayson's question at all here. Yeah, he's like, well, I got a bigger scoop for you. I got inside info. And Grayson's like, yes, inside info. Yes, scoops, baby. It was very ad- ad- adorable, to be honest. And Seth was like, hey, I'm only a few days away from being cleared from injury. Easy pop there comes in. And he was like, whoever wins the chamber doesn't have a chance, which may not be true. Considering, considering who won. Uh, Seth, I'm not the biggest fan of Seth Rollins on the mic, to be honest with you, ever. And that continued here with his cadence that he seems to have. And he comes in saying, everyone will sing my song. And that's all I know how to do because I'm Seth freaking Rollins. And then Waller says on the mic, he's like, he's going to this big promo. He's like, I'm Seth freaking Rollins. And he says, cool story, bro. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> yeah. So that, that was awesome. Uh, then Grayson, he turns to Cody and is like, well, anyway, enough of that. Let's talk about Cody now. And he's all like, Man, it could have been Roman Reigns versus The Rock. Were you selfish in taking that match away from the fans, from all of us? And Cody's like, I'm a fan of Dwayne The Rock Johnson. And then Seth is kind of the rings out. He's like, what? What? And they show him there. And he's like, if he were here, he'd call me a candy something. He'd go on about Rudy Poo Poo. <laughs> These are real words. <laughs> That happened. He said this. I'm not making this up, people. And he's going on about the Cody crybabies. He's like, are there any Cody crybabies here in Australia? And of course, the whole crowd pops. He's like, yeah, we're crybabies. Yes. Uh, but Jess, I know, is not a Cody crybaby. You did not pop for that. <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> Thank you for confirming that. I, I needed to make sure. Uh, but so he comes in. Big cheers. Uh, they all love him. And he's all like, if he's the real people's champ, he would be here with the people. And I'm like, we did this exact storyline with Cena 12 years ago that he's never here. Like, we know it. We've seen it. <laughs> we don't need to bring it back. You just re- replayed the Cena promo. Yeah, exactly. Just yeah, put Cody's did. face over Cena in the promo. Do you think Cody could rap as good as, as Cena did when he did the Thugonomics return? I need to see that now. I have to see Cody rap if he can. <laughs> If he can, is the exact <laughs> verbiage you should use there. Uh, but yes, literally the exact same promo we did 13 years ago <laughs> with Cena here. So he comes in like we were all kids back then. It was a simpler time, but Cody refuses to let it go <laughs> after all this time. And he's all like, yeah, Rock, you slapped me across the face. And yeah, at WrestleMania, I'm going to fight Roman. But until then, I'm wide open. 
and he says, I want me and you one-on-one, anytime, any place. So, I mean, <laughs> Raw is going to have a hell of a main event one week. They're just going to put The Rock randomly unannounced <laughs> on Raw, I'm sure. That was like, and with all due respect to ev- to you and everyone in Australia, people were speculating about The Rock fighting Roman at, at this show, and I was like, there's no way they're going to put this, show, this on at 5 a.m. in America, like The Rock wrestling on there. Uh, so I do not expect this match to take place unless it's at WrestleMania. Maybe they can do a night one and night two type of deal. Uh, but that was like the only that was like the only newsworthy thing to come from this whole segment. <laughs> Pretty much, it's like, hey, I'll challenge you, Rock. And then Seth, he will not let me rest and have good promos on this show. So he steps up and he's all like, "Listen, there's no such thing as one on one when it comes to the bloodline. So I'll fight with you." And Cody's like, "Yeah, okay." Which is the exact same promo you've cut on Raw like two weeks ago leading to this. We said this already. We don't need to be repeating ourselves so much. Um, and then Waller's like, yeah, big scoop. This is awesome. Grayson Waller effect. Best show ever. Uh, and then Austin Theory like jerks the mic away from Waller. And Grayson's standing there looking at his head like, I missed my microphone. Why did you do that? <laughs> it was pretty amusing. Waller was very funny in this segment, actually, in general. Um, so Theory gets on the mic. Average Austin comes in. He does his bland rock, you know, promos pretty much. And at first, Seth is there like, ah, he got you good. He said it doesn't matter what you think. It was hilarious. You got to admit he's good. And Theory's like, yeah, I am good. I got more of the tank, though. So he continues on. And Seth's like, OK, say one more thing. And he's about to do the if you smell deal. deal and Seth drops him there. Uh, they stop on on. Uh, Austin here, and they look at Waller, and Waller's just like, eh, whatever, go on, they beat him up, it's fine, <laughs> like I'm cool with this. And so they, so Waller backs down, Seth hits the stomp. Uh, Austin, admittedly, as average as he may be, did take a great bump on the stomp here. And the best part about this whole segment was after they stomped, uh, again, Waller was just hanging out. And he just was not putting in any effort to stop this. And he was like totally cool. Did not want to get any kind of heel heat. He's just hanging out. So then they start to mess with the trees, uh, part of his set. And suddenly he steps in and is like, whoa, 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 don't mess with the ferns. And he stops them from destroying the ferns. So this is an environmentalist motherfucker. Grayson Waller here. What a long segment this was. This lasted 22 <laughs> minutes. It really was. I think Cody's um, entrance was fun, but then the fireworks just went on and on and on. I'm just like, you have actually actual wrestlers who are wrestling in title matches and elimination chambers who deserve these fireworks. Like, I don't think Becky got any. No, no, I don't think any of them. The Judgment Day didn't get any either, I don't think. Like, give the fireworks to them. I know Cody's your big star. I know he's like, you know, you're almost number one because yeah. Roman's their number one, but. Um, besides that, this whole segment kind of felt flat because people were expecting something. They had so much rock merch at the superstores. It's just like they're expecting the rock. They're expecting Roman, even like a video that they sent over. They're expecting something. And just get Austin Theory, as you call him, average Austin, just to do like rock. Um, catchphrases was a huge letdown. Yes, uh, I could see that. 
you have to wonder, uh, you know, why they couldn't, like you said, just at least play a video. Like they could have done that. They did that 13 years ago with Cena, where he'd show up on the Titantron at least, but none of that. And as far as the fireworks, they said we've got three people we want to have fireworks: Cody, Rhea Ripley, and Logan Paul. And they they said that's who that's who gets the fireworks on this show. Um, so more Australian commercials show show up afterwards. They show us even more. I feel like I've known this entire continent, uh, like the back of my head now with these tourist videos. Uh, they talked about now they have wine tasting in Perth mm-hmm. as well, in addition to rock climbing, which could be a di- uh, dangerous mix if you were to drink and then try to climb rocks. I mean, you could slip off. I mean, that's not a that's not a good idea. This is very un unhealthy right now i just want to say have fun just do it <laughs> no regard for safety from jesse your address <laughs> update i guess you you are, are you wear a tether for that i guess so you you'll you'll just fall aimlessly i guess on there <laughs> but we did not have any rock climbing we didn't even have any cage climbing in this next match really because they didn't want to do anything for the most part the men's elimination chamber after 55 minutes b- between the tag match and this third match on the show we get here we've got uh kevin owens bobby lashley logan paul drew mcintyre la knight and randy orton for this match and they start us off with knight and drew i don't know if you saw this but mamaw's highlight of the show happened in the in this entrance here so they do the thing where everybody's doing their interest there where they walk into the pod and usually at the third or fourth guy will try and mean mug everybody who's in the pod and be like yeah i'm coming for you or, or whatever so drew comes out for his entrance and he walks around he walks to logan paul's pod and you cut to logan paul he does the thing in the chamber where he does like the breath into the glass so it makes like a fog deal he starts to draw what looked like a dick in this thing on here and drew looks at him and then pulls his uh, kilt up to flash him uh, there, which mama howled laughing at drew for this. Uh, And she just thought this was the greatest comedic segment ever. Um, I don't know, because when they went into his pod, I think they showed him he had some kind of marker in there with him, too, because he was drawing stuff on the the pod during this match. I don't know what he was doing, but it's Logan Paul. So we have to presume he's just nuts for whatever reason, just a crazy person. I don't know why he's here, but he was in the chamber and the U.S. champion on top of it. Um, This match can be described in one word. Sweaty. Because it felt like Mamma constantly mentioned this. It felt like everyone was affected by the heat, the humidity. Nobody knew, like everybody was dr- drowning pretty much in their sweat here in this match. Drew came in with dry hair. Everybody's hair was messed up. Everyone was exhausted by the end. This match was not that exciting to watch, to be honest. But it does get points as a war of attrition. It felt like because they made it feel like. With Orton, too, a big part of this match was he landed on his back early and they teased the back injury. He sold his back the whole match. They made it feel like it was an epic war, pretty much, that everyone had went through to get through this. Uh, The biggest spot, I think, was Lashley spearing Logan Paul through the pod, which was like a great moment. They do that in every chamber, it feels like, but it always looks great. Uh, He destroyed Paul. Logan Paul, this match was, (laughs) was ridiculous because... 
his whole match, he basically had zero offensive moves outside of diving off the pod to Drew. Everything else was him getting his ass whooped the whole match. And so he does his thing. Uh, they nobody again nobody really got to stand out that much really in the match it was more just a, a long grueling match than anything where anybody got made <laughs> another problem with this is like in the earlier match the women's match you had tiffany there and they got to make a new star pretty much like a fresh face this match had nobody that was new it was already the big guys in here so everybody just did their things and this match was ultimately more about setting up stuff for wrestlemania uh, you had AJ come in, attack uh, L.A. Knight with the chair. And they even mentioned they were like, oh, uh, yeah, Logan Paul did that last year. <laughs> like did the same thing. And it's like, you just do the same stuff over and over <laughs> on this show. Uh, and so he comes in, blasts him with the chair, eliminates him. They set up AJ and L.A. Knight for WrestleMania. <laughs> it comes down to Drew and Orton. They did a little bit more here than the women. But again, they didn't even really bother trying to create drama or anything like that. He hit the uh, the RKO. I literally out of nowhere. It looked like he was dying, but then he popped up to hit the RKO. And when he was about to win, he was doing his Orton blah 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 stuff that he always does. And then suddenly Logan Paul pops back into the chamber, hits him with the brass knucks, uh, knocks him out. Drew rolls over and pins him, and he wins. Yeah, you know they they set up Logan and Orton for probably the U.S. title at Mania. And then Drew walks up to the camera and is like, I did it for all of you. We're going to WrestleMania together. <laughs> and that was that was the highlight to me here. But just a long, grueling match with not that many big spots. Yeah, this match wasn't fun <clears throat> for an Elimination Chamber match. It was. It would be a good, like, you know, Elimination, just regular match. But in the Chamber, <laughs> I expected something more. The thing with Logan Paul is he, along with CM Punk, was announced to be at this show, like, yeah. before they started announcing matches. And I thought, okay, we're getting a U.S. title match. And yeah. then they announced, oh, yeah, he's bursting the Miz for a spot in Elimination Chamber. I'm just like, okay, well, he's going to win. He's going to be in the Chamber. They already announced he's going to be at the show. So that was kind of, like, why would you do that? Like, what the hell? <laughs> and also with Logan Paul is whenever I watch – Smackdown with my sister and he's on. We always fast forward his stuff. We couldn't fast forward this. We have to watch it. When um, Randy Orton came out, he got the biggest pop out of this match. Yeah, the crowd yeah. loved him. The guy next to my sister was going crazy for him. <laughs> but when um, AJ came out, right, it was kind of like, who is that? And then they recognized AJ <laughs> exactly. and all... Oh my God, my sister lost it. AJ is her absolute favorite. And to have him show up, like, she was so happy. I was so happy. Like, I was almost in tears just because how happy she was. And it's like, okay, well, he came all this way just to beat up Knight. He must really hate LA Knight. That was <laughs> the running joke with AJ. Um, But the final, Drew and Auden, that was pretty good. I enjoyed that little bit. Um. My sister was going for Drew, and the guy next to her was going for Randy. And when Drew won, he turned to my sister, and they're like, good game. They shook hands, like, congratulations, your guy won, my guy lost. Um, but apart from that, mm, this was fine, I guess, for a chamber match. I, I just wanted them to use the cage more. It was a missed opportunity. Yeah, exactly. Like, it, it was – the wrestling was good. Again, there was nothing wrong with anybody, really, in the match. 
Uh, Logan Paul is such like a dork with his wrestling mannerisms, though. Like when he pulled out the brass knucks, he did like this thing over and over, (laughs) uh, which I don't even know how to describe it as fist pump deal. And he looked like such a geek when he did it. But that led to the RKO. So that was a a great spot. Um, I'm glad you mentioned Punk because Mama was furious because they brought this up on commentary. Drew got booze in this match, like despite your sister uh, rooting for him. The crowd really booed him a, a lot, and they brought up a commentary there, and he teased it too because he went with the, for the go to sleep at one point. He did he did CM Punk's nighttime deal, uh, so he was teasing the Punk deal. Mamaw was furious at the Australians here. I, I'm sad to say she was like, "This is so messed up. They're booing him because of that asshole Punk." No, uh, so she was very annoyed at the Australian fans booing Drew and especially booing him. Uh, for CM Punk's sake, who nobody likes CM Punk in this household. Uh, you know, I, I will tell you that. But You gotta tell her my sister wasn't booing Drew. And she even had a Drew McIntyre sign. So, oh, okay. Th- yeah. That's cool. And you yeah, you did take the picture of him uh, walking down the ramp as well. Yes, so. I did. And I appreciate you keeping that, keeping me and Mamma in mind for, for that as well. Um, so, yeah, Drew got the win. Again, it, it was very obvious that he was going to win. Uh, I don't feel that guilty about spoiling this match to Nello, I, I do have to say, uh, going in, because it's like we knew he was going to win. He predicted it. I said it on the last week's episode. We both had the same predictions here. So mm-hmm. uh, they do that. Uh, they do another commercial break because we. Need oh, to before look. that, um, how was the lighting for you? I heard the lighting was like really bad for this. Now, this is I think when remember when you said they uh, like turned the lights out on the people giving the middle fingers to Dom. I think that might have bled into this because yeah, it like when the start the match started, it wasn't that bad. Like by the end of it or, or throughout, it didn't really distract me too much. By the start of it, it really was weird. It basically made Drew look like when Cody was uh, in the Hell in the Cell and his pec was all messed up. They had the the dark stuff on his pec. That's how Drew looked here with the shadows and the lights <laughs> and stuff. So it messed it up at the start. Uh, so more Australia tourism nonsense <laughs> here. We we get to talk about. Uh, they mentioned this time that Australia, in addition to rocks and mountains, they also have they also have beaches here. So, uh, that is true. An island continent has beaches on it. I I never knew it, but they made sure to let us know here. Uh, so then that of course leads to Triple H out here. He didn't even have an entrance on the the live show. He just they just played his music and he was in the ring, just yeah. like us theory pretty much. And he's like, hey, I'm here, guys. <laughs> like, uh, I'm here. I flew to Australia, too. Just like AJ, he was so bad at LA Night, he flew to Australia just to <laughs> ruin his life. Triple H said, I could not miss the chance to tell you guys, we've got 52,590 fans in Optus Stadium. Uh, they shoot off more pyro. That's the other person besides Logan Paul and Cody and Rhea. They got the pyro was the number itself, so. And in a way, all of the fans got pyro. All of the Australians did. Uh, so they gave up the big pyro celebration. Uh, yeah, I mean, 52,000. That's a lot of people. B- big stuff. Big time. Yeah. I just don't really care for Triple H. Sorry, Triple H fans. Like, and just like if he goes away and never is on TV again, whatever. I wouldn't mind. The only thing I liked about it is he played the right theme song the game not the king of kings i hate that song and he usually goes with that that's my only comment for this segment have i mentioned you're the greatest person ever because you hate triple h anybody who hates triple h is a legend in my book 
Uh, we're going back decades for that. Uh, so, yes, I do not care yes. for Triple H either. And you're also right about the game theme song being much better than King of Kings as well. So uh, he got in. He he announced it. He got out. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, hype video for Ripley and Nia. They're big. They're going to fight. Nia beat up all six of the women in the Elimination Chamber uh, leading into this day showed on here. Uh, so they did everything they could to make you give even a 1% chance, a 1% chance that Nia could win this. There was no percent chance. Ripley comes out. <laughs> and as good as the pop for Rhea was, I think the person most excited about her debut the person most excited about Rhea Ripley coming to Australia, coming to an Elimination Chamber, was no doubt Rhea Ripley. Because she was so fired up. She grabbed the Australian flag that somebody had at ringside. She's like, yeah, I'm from Australia. And she uh, came in, showed the Australian flag on her jacket. And they were like, she she was in, uh, I forget where they said she trained, but, uh, you know, wherever she was, she was like, she was just a 15-year-old metalhead from uh, wherever, and uh, from Adelaide or where, wherever she's from. And she was like, uh, they were like, she, look where she's go- gone now. She's now in the main event of Elimination Chamber. Um, this match was, like, kind of good for what it was. Like, it wasn't anything where you're going to look at the moves themselves. And like, look at them. But the psychology of it was like really on point. Naya was like the monster. Ripley was the underdog babyface here. And Naya is really the only one that could do that. That you could do that with because Ripley is like just totally badass and ripped and all that stuff. Uh, so Naya put her through a table at one point. She hit the the bonsai drop. I Ripley kicked out. Like that was the big moment of the match. And they built this this bonsai drop up as the big move like when she hits it it's always over and it looks devastating uh she you know uh, it looks great obviously very painful but ripley kicked out and basically as soon as she hit the the annihilator as they call it the bonsai drop uh she kicked out and then like a minute later the match was over she hit the riptide which they had teased multiple times like she can't hit the riptide but then she of course does it at the end overcomes and this is another one where it's like we knew that Ripley was going to win. There was not really any drama, but they they tried to do as much as they could with the big move at the end. And then, unfortunately, the show ends on a low note to uh, viewers because she goes into the crowd. She's so fired up here. Like Ripley is just going nuts. Uh, you know, here uh, the flag, the people are going crazy. And then the show ends with <laughs> Corey Graves on commentary, who they told us like 15 times it was his 40th birthday. He goes Mommy, 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 oi, 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 to end the show, <laughs> which, again, nobody liked that. <laughs> like, everyone ripped on him for this line. What a way to end the show for what was a legitimately, like, heartwarming and epic moment for Rhea Ripley here. That's how we went off the air. But what did you think of Ripley here? The hometown hero that they built the whole show around, pretty much. She gets the win. <laughs> Yeah, it was like the Rhea Ripley show featuring Elimination Chamber. <laughs> they loved her. I think um, this match was fine, but I think having Rhea in it and having her just so excited to be there and, like, everyone was wearing Rhea T-shirts, like, that just really upped the match, like, a, a couple diff- uh, a couple more levels. Uh, the table spot 
was a nice um, little bonus in this match to, like, get more heat on Naya. She had no chance of winning. She did her best. She came out. She did her best. I didn't like the crowd was chanting, you can't wrestle at her. It's just like, well, she's not the greatest, but, I mean, she's in the ring. Like, she can at least do some moves. You know, I, I, <laughs> I don't think you could really chant that now like we could before. I didn't. I just thought that was a bit mean. Yeah. But um, like I'm not a fan of Naya saying that. I just I don't think we'd get along in real life. Um, but Rhea had her moment. I just think um, she deserved it. She's worked so hard like this whole year since winning the belt. She's done this crazy media campaign for this. She got like I'm just really really happy she got this moment. That is true. And she didn't uh, almost fight anybody like Grayson did on his media tour for the show as well, uh, on the, the morning show. I didn't watch that. I don't watch any morning shows. I, Ooh. Uh. <laughs> okay. I, I, okay. I sent some heat here. Anti-morning show agenda heavily in effect right now. Oh, yeah. I have heat with him. I'm not going to um, say it live, but um, oh, if you want to okay. know, I'll tell you, Dylan. Okay, that's a secret info. I will. We will talk about that off yeah. the air for sure. I'm very interested in what this could be. But regardless, <laughs> um, so basically they 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 rated the match 6.59. It is the lowest match on cage match in terms of rating. They gave the men's match 7.27. I think that this show was fine, like to watch. You know, it wasn't like a bad show or a great one. But it basically accomplished everything they needed to for a build-up show. Uh, not that similar from the one I went to, honestly, for NXT, where it felt like they were building up stuff for the WrestleMania season. I think anything with WWE in February, you already know is like, okay, we need to get to WrestleMania. So this is setting the table for that. And they basically accomplished everything they wanted to. They set up tons of stuff with the men's match. They set up like three different matches uh, pretty much out of the men's match. You set up Becky and Rhea, which we all knew uh, they gave Ripley an epic moment, made her look like a superhero here. Uh, and, and all the matches were good. Like, nothing was bad on the show. It was just um, kind of good, but not that great. You know, right now it's got a pretty decent rating on Cage Match as a show, 7.26. Uh, so they respected it. They liked it. And uh, it was uh, a pretty decent show again. But uh, what did you think live? What was your feeling? We talked about the vibes going in. What about vibes going out? Well, I think being there live is just so different. Like, it's just a different environment to watching it at home. And like I said, my goal of this show was just for my sister to have fun. This was her her present, and she just had the best time. She enjoyed it so much. She cannot stop talking about how AJ appeared. She loves him, like, number one favorite guy. Um, But, yeah, it was just a really funny environment. Like I said, um, the crowd around me, there was no – you know, nobody yelling, no one heckling, no one, you know, getting too drunk and swearing. We had really, really good fans around us. You know, like the guy next to my sister, you know, he was having fun with her. Like, you know, who do you go for? Who's going to win? You know, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. yeah. Um, even offering her food. I didn't get offered food by him, but my sister did. Ooh. <laughs> so I think it was just a really fun environment. And I think because Perth doesn't usually get big shows like this. It's usually on the East Coast, Melbourne and Sydney, you know, those two cities are always, like, the first ones to get big shows. Like, just recently, like, Taylor Swift was here. She only visited Melbourne and Sydney, nowhere else. Then she's gone. 
So Perth isn't really a big show. So for them to get this, it was it was a really big thing for them. Like there's flags all around the city with like the wrestlers on it, and it says Perth welcomes Nia Jax and a picture of Nia Jax or Perth welcomes LA Knight, picture of LA Knight. And um, strangely, there's like a picture of Jay Uso, and like he wasn't on the show at all. So I don't know why they put him there instead of like I don't know someone else in the elimination chamber. But um, it was a good vibe in the city as well. Like, a lot of people were wearing uh, T-shirts, um, wrestling T-shirts. And even today, after Elimination Chamber, you still see tons of people wearing these wrestling T-shirts. And people came from all around the country and, like, all around the world as well. I saw so many um, country flags, you know, people wearing them as capes. It was, like, just a really, really cool show, especially after <laughs> all the other WWE shows I've seen that have been really bad like left a bad taste in my mouth like the last big one they did at the mcg in melbourne i hated i absolutely hated that match uh, not sorry not that match that show i just thought it was terrible i'm like i'm never going to another show again and then i did and randy Orton took like 10 minutes to walk to the ring again and again and again i was like i hate this never again and then i go to perth and i just had a great time the one good thing about that with Orton is it came out this past week that he, I think he's with you because he said that he doesn't like his theme song uh, and he, he he's against voices. So he also must have been as miserable as you were during his 20 minute entrance that he had <laughs> listening to the song over and over. Uh, good. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it was so great to have you on, Jess. Uh, it was really cool to hear all of the live uh, features of Australia that they didn't show us uh, in, in the history lesson known as Elimination Chamber in Perth. I uh, hear about Australia. Uh, it was great to hear your live reaction. Love that your sister had so much fun. Again, much like me with NXT, uh, you know, I totally like we're basically the same vibe like of, of what we had. We just wanted our sister to have a good time. I was trying not to spiral into a mental uh, insanity but I accomplished it. You had fun. Everybody had a good time. The people loved it. Uh, you got a ton of people in here in Perth. Australia gets something to hang its hat on. And there'll be more in the future, too. So maybe there'll be better shows in the future or, or even as good shows. Uh, the vibes were immaculate. It was good. And hopefully, um, you know, hopefully, you know, you can go again. Hopefully we can have you on Wrestle Update again. I would love to have you to talk about anything you ever want to talk about. Uh, if not, at least on my other show, The Eastern Lariat, I uh, will definitely have you on. I'm putting that out there right now, publicly. Yeah, thank you so much. This was so much fun. I normally don't talk about WWE ever. It's only really all Japan. So talking about, like, Drew McIntyre instead of Kento Mihara is very, very different for me. <laughs> but I had so much fun. Of course, Dylan, you're amazing for having me on and just an amazing person in general. And I'll be back if you want me back. Of course. Uh, thank you so much. Um, everybody, uh, check her out. Uh, you know, if you if you want if you're interested in Japanese wrestling, she really is a great source for like all Japan and stuff and all talk. Uh, check her out uh, at Royal Road 72 on Twitter if you want to read all kinds of updates on all Japan and stuff that she's up to. Her writing, her podcast, talking Triple Crown. Um, you know everything you do. Uh, you are always welcome on our shows. Or my shows specifically. Maybe next time Nello will be here. Uh, Nello is very busy right now. He's he's working on stuff. He wanted to be here. 
uh, to be honest with you, uh, everybody out there listening. But uh, he was very busy. The time zones are interesting uh, in terms of the reversals and things like that. So we had to do a special start time with me and Jess. But Nello will be on at some point in the future. I promise he's not disappeared forever. We will do a show with Nello again uh, in the future, and I definitely will. Uh, hopefully we'll talk about AEW next week, which uh, should be an interesting experience in and of itself. Uh, but with that said, uh, once again, thank you so much, Jesse. It means the world to me that you came on after your live experience from the hotel in Perth, not even your home. You made the time. You brought your recording equipment. You could not resist the pop of being a Russell update. So thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. I love it. And thank you, the listeners, everybody checking it out. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Elimination Chamber 2, wherever in the world you watched it, whether you stayed up till 5 a.m. in America to watch it, you watched it live, you are somewhere else, wherever. Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, you know I love you. And until next time, this has been your Wrestle Update. <laughs>